Yeah, we're going, mate. Cool. So uh, we are here today, and it's it's a bit of a you know it's a it's a it's a chat really with me and Dave Hall from Worthing College, and obviously you know we both work at, at Worthing College, and you know we've had discussions really in the last you know based since lockdown three, I think it is, where you know we are we are finding ways to you know to have to, to get our students to engage with our learning because going from face-to-face to online is a very, very different environment for not only teachers teaching, but for students who are trying to learn uh, and trying to still maintain the same drive that they had when it was face-to-face. So we've spoke a lot of things. We spoke about different ways and, and, uh, and we've come up with a way, really. So... Dave, I'm just going to ask you, we're going to, you know, this is going to be sort of almost like a normal conversation that like we normally would have, is uh, how have you found teaching and from, from a teacher's perspective, but also from a student's perspective in lockdown? Thanks, Steve. So I think um, this lockdown is very different to the first one. I know we've done these kind of chats before we do, you know, we've done them quite regularly. Um, and with regards to learning the first term, we took a... <coughs> Um, some may say a risk, but I thought it was a calculated risk. Well, I don't think it was a risk at all, really, in the fact of, you know, with the um, sticking to the rest- restrictions, but allowing all our students to have full face-to-face um, across all of our subjects so that range from level two to level five. And I think that was that was seen as a real positive step. Um, obviously, we we could do that. I know that other departments couldn't, but we, you know, we had the capacity to do it. And, and I felt that, that we should do it because it's very important, especially for those guys and girls transitioning from year 11 to year 12 because you know college is is different to school um, in lots of ways and obviously that social interaction is really important um, we did a bit of online we did a bit of online stuff during the first lockdown uh, we thought it worked quite well we had the ability to do it we had the literacy the, the technological literacy if you want to call it to do it and then this lockdown three came about um, and we all had to go online and remote um, using a, using the Microsoft Teams platform. So we literally had to change. So as a teacher point of view, we had to change the way that we delivered um, in the space of about four days. And, you know, for a member of staff, uh, for a head of department, um, it was it was difficult. But, you know, the, the strength of the team is that, you know, when things are down or when there's a challenge, they rise to that challenge and I think they rose to it exceptionally well. Um, but obviously that had workload, just come back from Christmas, obviously spending time with family, etc. obviously socially distanced as and, as and when by the guidelines. Uh, but yeah, that was tough. And then obviously with kind of how the, the subjects are, so obviously we're sports, sports science, PE, sport and exercise and health science, you know, there's a practical aspect. There, there is a practical aspect to our delivery, whether it be, you know, trying to, to, to work out, uh, you know, skill acquisition theory or psychological theory. We always have a practical element to it. So from going from that to going to pretty much, you know, I'm, I'm talking into a camera and, you know, I don't know how people are reacting to it um, was for us difficult. Um, I, I will say... For the staff, and I'm sure every teacher's in the same boat, we've done the best we can 
And I think I, the, the great thing that's come out of this really is, is the continued innovation of, of staff in relation to you, whether it's using Teams or researching bits and sending messages, oh, you tried this, you tried that, um, <laughs> and just, just having a go. And also, I think, on the, on the whole, the, the, the students have been really resilient. But we're now at a point now, we're week four and five in, and, and, it, and it, is, it is a challenge because obviously we all want to be back in the classroom. So it's just kind of, it's just kind of try and find those ways just to keeping it, keeping it interactive as, as possible. Um, I'm sure we'll talk about it in a bit with regards to screen time, um, because screen time, obviously, you know, the generation always stuck to their screens, but obviously this has like increased the amount of time at the screen. So we've got to consider that as, as professionals and practitioners and duty of care of, you know, not just being stuck in front of a screen. So, yeah, it's been it's been tough, but it has shown how strong we are as a unit and as a department, whether it be staff and students, as how you know how we've how we've come together. And I know the words used to quite a lot, but adapted and overcome. So hopefully we continue to overcome, and but hopefully we're back in the classroom soon because I think <clears throat> I'll be speaking for everyone. Um, I'd rather be back in the classroom. Yeah, I think it's you know I think that there's no there's no doubt about you know the 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 endeavour and the strength of the team uh, in, in in the college that we work in have you know gone beyond and beyond uh, expectations really in in delivering the content uh, and it's been you know a, a phenomenal phenomenal success from the aspect of how people developed adapted changed learned, facilitated new ways of, of getting information across. But then we, we have these conversations and that's where we start going, however, you know, however, you know, as good as the potentiality of you know, multimedia platforms, of, you know, making the online environments as engaging and uh, innovative as possible, this question of however always pops up. And the however really, from my perspective, is, is alongside all this amazing technology that we can use, is how do we know that we are actually engaging the individual? And that's really where we've had this conversation. So, you, know, you know, we have a duty of care, you know, way beyond probably the, the duty of education, you know, the duty of trying to, you know, have the students, you know, learn something that's vital for, you know, the assignments and upcoming exams and, you know, their future educational or academic career. But we have a duty of care. And I think one of the things that we've spoke about in the past is how do we actually get students engaged? Because, you know, that's the key. Face to face, it's, it's very different. You know, there's this, you know, there's this uh, body language, there's this social cues, there's all these different elements of how human behavior is embedded. You know, people take cues of other people. They pass those cues on to other people. They work in a social norm, et cetera, you know. But when we're online, it's, you know, like you said, we are in a race. We're looking at a very small screen. We're taking in very little information, centrally, you know, in a classroom, you know, there's this big space people around me, I'm aware of the person next to me, I'm the person that work, I'm aware of the person in front of me, my sensory perception is now gauging the people behind me and how safe I am in relationship to that space. But on online, 
we haven't got that. You know, we're fixed in one position, looking at a very small screen. And probably, as we spoke about, in postures, which are unlike the postures that we use in class. In class, we have these chairs. And yes, there could be this, this factory type, you know, industrial revolutionary classroom going on where, you know, some people have rows of seats and there's still this, you know, person in front of you. But at least there is a conformity of, of maintaining good posture. You know, how do we know that our students that we're teaching at home are not slumped in chairs, slumped against the floor, you know, on their beds, lying on their back or on their front? How do we know that they're not having two or three screens at the same time? How do we know they're not muting us and going playing on PlayStation or the Xbox, you know, or Nintendo Switches? How do we know they're not listening to music at the same time they're trying to hear me? How do we know that they're not... You know, how do you know they're even there? They can be down there. Their computer could be upstairs and they can be downstairs gauging the times that you're there. And then they come back and go, yeah, I got that. And we take that for granted in lessons face to face. We, we know that's the happening. You know, we know where the person's in, you know, the students engaged. We don't know that online. You know, so how do we know that our information is coming across? And also, like I say, you know, we are, you know, we are at home in our you know, and environments in probably positions, I've said this before, probably in postural positions, which is definitely not adhering to, you know, retaining, retrieving and informing memory associations with information. So, you know, what have you done so far? Because, you know, that's a lot of speak for me, but, you know, it's like, it's like a, it's like the invisible screen. You've got great stuff going on here that you hope crosses that barrier to become great stuff that's happening here. But how do we know we're doing this or new invention, new technology, new ways of learning, new games on on, on the on the on the software, breakout rooms, you know, interaction, blah blah blah, all this, which is great. But how do we know that that is actually getting there? How do we know it's bypassing this very small TV screen where actually this side becomes invisible to this side? What have you done to try to try to get all of that information here? to be used this side, which is the other side of the, the fence, and bypassing this little very, uh, it's not imaginative, but it's a very illusional screen because we don't know what's happening on that side. We can't see that if the camera's off, we ain't got a clue. How, what have you done to try to get this engagement replicating the engagement that you are pushing across that line? Um, well, I've tried a lot of things and I think that's the important thing to do as well is to try different things. And because we're all in the same, we're in the same situation. So teachers, staff, parents. So again, homeschooling, um, you know, I think we've got, we've got to be almost prepared that things, some things are going to work and some things aren't, um, and, and if they don't work, it doesn't matter. It's not the end of the world. Because again, this is a unique position. You know, touch wood in a year's time. Um, you know, we are not online learning 100% of the time. Um, but there may be things of online learning that have been really positive and we can, you know, we can continue that. So for example, I think student one-to-ones have been quite useful doing this. You know, um, parents evening being quite useful doing this. Um, but you know, it won't replace a classroom, in my opinion. In terms of what I've done, what I've tried to do is I've tried to break things up. 
So, you know, there are times when I've got to be quite command style where presentation, share my screen, this is what we're doing, let's hope you're taking notes, um, <clears throat> which has happened. I've also um, gone back with my guys and actually almost tried to reteach them how to take notes. Because again, if you think about this, not just from this in the short term, but actually the long term, a lot of the year 11 students that come into us and the year 12 kids currently with us as well, obviously missed a lot out last summer. So some of them have probably, whilst in the first term, yes, they took notes, but they haven't taken notes so much in an independent fashion. So, it, but, but for me, whilst, you know, the college say you must use class notebook, you must use Teams, this, that, and the other, which we do, I think it is important to give the student the, the, uh, the option. So if they want to take notes handwritten, they take notes handwritten, but then, you know, they might have to take a picture and upload it to class notebook, for example. You know, I, everyone has, and this is something that I think we found out, and I think we've just kind of taken it for granted that, um, oh, it's technology, the kids know technology. They don't. You know, they might know how to access YouTube or play the PlayStation Xbox, but they don't know how to use Microsoft Teams. Microsoft Teams was built for business anyway. But, you know, so those kind of things, we have to don't take it for granted. So if things don't work, just be, I've been kind of, oh, really sorry, guys, you know, I'm trying this for this. Didn't work, we'll try something else. Um, so when it's been command, I've tried to keep that at a minimum. So what I've done is I've tried to break it up. So I've broken up, whether it's with... Um, students working in groups sticking stuff on chat collaborative stuff <clears throat> but the main thing for me and i think this is where our discussion is going is getting away from that screen time so there's times where we have to do assignment work um so do i just say the students must sit in front of a computer for two hours no you know we are studying a subject sports sports science pe where you know we're we're, we're stressing to our students and staff and the college community about healthy body, healthy mind. So, you know, with that in mind, it's stuff like I do these things which I've worked with you on. You know, we do mini breaks within the lesson. So I do <clears throat> maybe two or three movement breaks during during my lessons, um, which are no longer than five minutes. But during that, during that time, we need to be away from the screens. We need to be moving about. So whether it's walking up and down the stairs, make yourself a cup of tea, coffee, whatever. You know, I did things to make it interactive, did a spinny wheel game ownership. So they would say, stop. I, you know, I'd press stop. It would go on an exercise or it would go on something to do. So I kind of looked at the mind as well as um, exercise because not everyone wants to do a minute's worth of press-ups today. No, that's not going to do anything. But, you know, you had choices there like text a friend that you might not text in a while, um, <laughs> make a cup of tea, do a bit of yoga, do a bit of meditation, in addition to those exercises, obviously the student that pulls out the burpees for a minute, you know, he's not the, the most popular person in the class for about 10 minutes, but, you know, we're all doing it. Um, and it's, and you know, it's explained because we know that research states that to invigorate the brain and to switch the brain on, it needs that blood supply, it needs the oxygen, it needs to be, we need to be active. Um, there's, a, uh, there's a picture, I'm sure you can find it online, where they've like scanned a brain in terms of the heat and, and, and its activity after no exercise and then after like 20 minutes of exercise. And there's a massive difference in kind of the activity levels uh, of the brain. <clears throat> and obviously for me, 
some might go, some traditionalists might go, well, Dave, you're actually taking 10 minutes out of your class where you could be delivering content. Well, my flip on that is, well, yeah, I'm taking 10 minutes out. Those 10 minutes, they're active. And actually their brain's more active for the rest of the hour, hour and a half. Um, you know, so, so that's what I've tried to do. I've also added some challenges in for the guys and girls. Um, there's some amazing challenges, by the way, on social media. The schools in particular are doing an outstanding job on trying to really get our kids and our nation, parents as well, grandparents really healthy and active. Um, but I've done silly things like, you know, go out for half an hour and take pictures of things that spell out your name. Um, I've done go out for half an hour and then once you track your, your, your run or your walk or your cycle, colour it in and create like a picture or something. Um, and they go into our prize drawing and can win some Amazon vouchers. So, you know, a little bit of motivation, but for me, it's important to mix up the delivery. Um, and for me, we've got to, again, I've said it, adapt and overcome, which maybe means going away from the traditionalist views of sit down, listen, here it is, do it. Because Joe blogs, Jilly blogs might be laying on their bed, um, sitting up at a desk, but like they've got their three siblings around, you know, all that kind of stuff. So we've got to try and mix it up a little bit, really, mate. And that's what I've tried. And, you know, hopefully so far that the feedback's been relatively positive. Parents, even the other week, really positive across the board in terms of the department. Um, which, as I say, we're just trying to keep it interactive. But I think mixing it up is the key. But again, I feel staff probably need confidence. They need confidence in the system in the online system. But for me, just don't worry if it mucks up. You know, my internet's dropped out numerous times. Don't matter. It doesn't matter. It is the nature of the beast. It's where we're at at the moment. And it's not, it's not, it's not showing on you as being a bad teacher if your internet drops out or if, you know, something takes ages to load. That's nothing to do with it. It's the fact of just having that confidence to be interactive, mix it up, give it a go. You know, my kids have probably been, you know, in my classrooms more often than not. It just shows that it's real as well. So again, with all those things, just just really try and be interactive and mix it up where you can. Yeah, I, I think one one of the, one of the key things will be that start, that people are starting to understand is, is educators. And and I, I'm not saying it's it's the now. I'm not saying it's just happened. It's been you know face to face teaching is you know, anytime you teach an individual in any walk of life, this is this is the power man. Okay, but I think because we've been online and because there's been this heightened awareness of you know uh, isolation from other people i think you know that we are starting to be a little bit more serious and maybe that's maybe that's not not quite worth because as people are that serious but maybe we are all being more uh cognitively aware of of issues around mental health you know especially in education you know we, we all know it we know we walk face-to-face teachers so we all know it's there and we work extremely hard within our groups with our class that we teach to ensure that each individual has is in the right frame of understanding comfortably that you know that we are there to help and guide and support and facilitate and teach emotional intelligence and emotional resonance but when you're online everything seems to you know everything is magnified in a way and I think the good things that we're starting to understand is you know the teaching aspect is is a, is a secondary Especially, you know, when we are on an online platform and like you say, when people can't, you know, people are not leaving their house enough. So their autonomy about the situation, their competence about their situation or their perception about themselves in this current climate is a different one to when it was before. 
when people are, you know, working off phones because they haven't got a laptop or working in very small cramped places or there's family around and making lots of noises, you know, etc. All this magnitude that they don't get in on, you know, in, in a in mainstream face-to-face teaching, as well as not seeing their friends, not being so, you know, not socialising with, you know, with loved ones, with, you know, with maybe in-laws or, you know, grandparents and, you know, and friends that they see on a regular basis and have those conversations that, we all have when we're face to face with people, you know, not just about, you know, about fa- our families or sport that we play, or did you watch the weekend? And, you know, that sort of tends to be lost. So, you know, we are understanding really that teaching really, from my perspective, you know, is always been a secondary. It's always been the student first, you know, it's about maintaining the student's own well-being, their own you know, their own thought process, their own perceptions and experience and providing an experience for them, which is an encouraging experience, experience where they can be creative and have fun and, and express themselves who they are naturally without being uh, chastised about who they are. You know, if they're, if they're quite lively, then let them be lively. If they're quite, you know, they want to tell a joke, let them be a joke. Let them contribute and have autonomy and competence in the environment. But when you're online you know, that all becomes very small because your reality now is this very small TV, you know, screen, this computer screen, or in some cases, a phone. And like I said earlier, you know, we are seeing students with, you know, visual syndrome, visual syndrome issues where, you know, they're getting headaches and feel nausea, you know, feel dizzy, you know, become insomniacs. We're seeing, you know, musculoskeletal problems in students because of the poor postures. You know, backs are aching, knees are aching, shoulders are aching, again, headaches. We're seeing students with probably, you know, poor eating habits, poor sleeping habits. Now, I'm not saying this doesn't happen face to face, but it's more magnitude is now. So all this is, you know, we're seeing students that are online that are, that are in a constant state of fatigue, which we know from a mental health perspective, if your posture is not in a, you know, position of, showing confidence you know that nice you know sort of power type posture and that power stance and things like that then we know that psychology and physiology and physiology psychology become one what you feel you represent in your posture and what your posture is is represented in how you feel so we've seen a lot of individuals not only with some you know some physical problems you know and again they could be sitting on the floor slumped up against a chair or slumped up against the wall and an hour later they're coming up and they're going backs hurting and, and things like that so we're seeing we're seeing physical uh, elements we're seeing you know mental elements because the individual is not or the student is not socializing you know you know as much as i do dave we are social creatures you know our brain is wired to be social a social animal we know we have our you know we, we gain our autonomy and our competence around being with people we're not having that now so, you know, and the people that we are having it with are our loved ones. And, you know, there's conflict now between loved ones at home because everyone is going through their own change of reality and everything's exploding in that environment. So mental health becomes a huge influence. So your, our students are coming to us potentially in a physical, with some physical elements going on because, you know, they're, they're, they're not positioning themselves accordingly to what's being taught. Not only are they you know, coming to us with a, you know, a reduced mental state because they haven't got this socialization going on with their friends, not seeing loved ones, they're not 
you know, being involved with things outside that makes, you know, humans human. Then, and then we're trying to teach them. And then, you know, we're trying to teach them, you know. So the chances of these individuals attending our online lessons or being attentive to what we speak about or being engaged in what we're trying to bring across potentially becomes problematic. So we are very good now at, you know, trying to get this information across this barrier, across this bridge, but we have students that are struggling outside of academia, and then we expect them to then fit in line and follow the rules of academia on an online schedule. And one of the things that you said you do is you've, you've added these movement breaks, you know, these brain breaks. And you know that this is something which I'm passionate about, you know, especially with sports students when, you know, research suggests that, you know, the majority of sports students are minimum 75% kinesthetic learners. So they physically have to move. We all physically have to move, but sports students, you know, after eight or so minutes and the document evidence is about eight to 10 minutes for an average student. So let alone for a sports students, it's a little bit less than that, start to get fidgety, start to want to move. In classroom, face-to-face, -face, they can talk to their friend alongside them. They can you know, act a little bit funny and it all adds to the environment. At home, online, they haven't got that availability. So now they are fidgeting and they are you know, trying to you know, squirm their way out of their seat or off the floor. They're trying to look for other things to do. They then go and do other things. You've got, you know, the engagement's gone. You know, that student is, is no longer in the environment to retain any information. And when you stand up, your brain gets in flux of 85% of the, of the oxygen levels that are in your body. So your brain gets this huge spark of, like you say, of blood, of glucose, and pure energy that comes about you when you physically move, ready for the retention later on. So you've said, you know, you've used these brain breaks, and scientific, you know, science will suggest that, you know, there's parts of the brain that will, that have to have this consistent movement going on, and how parts of the brain that want movement that, you know, that spark due to movement are the same parts of the brain that spark learning. So it's, you know, it's, it's a great combination that you want an individual to learn after eight to 10 minutes of attention level goes in a face-to-face -face class, a little bit less in a online, a lot less on online class because it's more things that the individual student can do online, i.e. engage themselves in multitask they want to do in classroom. Not only that, that, you know, this sitting down scenario changes our posture, which gives us a, a the potentiality to have negative thoughts about ourselves because my posture and my psychology end up being related. What I sit, how I sit and how I carry myself is related to how I feel. Not only that and the, the added burden of not being socialising with other people, not only that, but you get this stale oxygen flying around the body so the, the brain doesn't get the right amount of nutrients at the right time for learning, doesn't have the energy to learn. It's... Common sense that, uh, you know, at that moment of disengagement, you get the student up, you get him moving. Because not only will the brain spark or brain have new lease life with the energy and the nutrients that it's got, the movement and the learning become cemented, you know, cognition is movement and movement is cognition because it's the same part of the brain. The other small part of the brain in the back that is there for your awakened state is now awakened and not sleepy and bored like many students do when they sit there in a slumped posture, disengaged position. But you've now got sociality. You've got people having a laugh, having a giggle, enjoying themselves. 
They're watching other people enjoying themselves, probably for the first time in a long time. And it's not watching TV show where they enjoy themselves. It's watching other people that's real. That's, you know, in that moment, that's sharing the same experience, enjoy themselves. And to me, that's, that's, that's a go-to. And you've added those movements. How, how, and, and you've been kind enough to, you know, document this. You know, you, you, you know, I could say that you are the first educator I know in higher education that's actually got documented evidence on movement breaks in the classroom. So you are the pioneer, and I'm doing a lot of research for a certain, you know, my own, my own, uh, my own work outside of college. And I spend, I'm spending months and months looking, and there is virtually no information regarding post-16 and movement breaks. And you are probably the first person that's actually got documented evidence on, on how students feel that they are responding, but how their learning is how their learning is either improving or not improving, or the engagement or their attention, the retention of information, etc. You know, you've actually got some documented evidence for your classes on this. First person to do it, not just in you know, not just in Worthing College, but the first person from the UK to get some documented evidence on post 16, especially on online learning. What sort of feedback have you had so far in the three or four weeks that you've had? So um, at the moment, I've kind of, I put out a, just a Google form with a few questions really, um, obviously based upon what, uh, what, you were, what you were saying and what you were, we were looking to kind of get across. Basically, we were looking to get across kind of what the, the experience of what the student is really. Um, so how do they feel? Obviously, there were some that just said, I didn't feel any different. Um, but the, over, the overriding view was that actually getting up and doing something different did kind of, you know, whether it switched them on a little bit or, you know, it was a little bit of, little bit of fun. So just trying to make them fun. I think the important thing is, is that as, a, as a, an educator, as a teacher, you do it as well. So it's not just, you know, I do them. So it's not just... Um, you know, and, and, and at the moment, online learning, I could be doing them and everyone else is not doing it and laughing at me. Do you see what I mean? But at least, at least I'm getting mine. So at least I'm getting away from the screen and getting, you know, getting myself uh, switched back on again, because obviously as a teacher, that's what you need. Um, but the, as I say, the overriding opinion was actually to get up and do something different um, was was a positive thing. And it did kind of whether it wake them up. You know, I haven't got official attendance data at the moment, but our attendance data I would have thought is still very high so it's probably around about the 95 cent mark on online learning and that's across our department so you know that is that engage those engagement levels are excellent um I'm not saying it's just because of because obviously I don't teach as much as some of the members of staff but in terms of uh the the change the change up I think it's not with anything if you're sitting somewhere for an hour two hours you're going to get bored so it is just another another tool in our armory, really, just to mix things up. Um, and as I say, yeah, the, the overriding opinion was um, they were good. But there was also some really interesting feedback with regards to how they could be developed. Um, and, and some of them, some of the students were saying things like, Dave, I actually want to be able to think about something as well while I'm doing it, not just doing, not just going away from the screen. Um, so again, that's 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 probably the next stage of the development. 
But what I wanted to do in the first month, which I feel we kind of have done together, is just to get a gauge for actually, and I know what's going to, what, you know, so say, for example, we, we, we shared this with every college in Sussex tomorrow. You'd have members of staff saying, well, what happens if people don't join in? Well, I'm not going to, for me, I'm not going to lose sleep over it. You know, if people don't join in, don't join in. Oh, you know, what type of movement do I need to do? Well, again, there's no, there's no right or wrong answer. The right thing is, is that people need to get away from the screen and people need to get moving about. And, and, and obviously, I've tried to give it a bit of student ownership as well, rather than it's like, yeah, you're, you have to do a minute of press-ups because that would put everyone off. So for me, student ownership is important. But it's just, I think the important time now during this lockdown is just to have, and I know it's easy for me to say it, but just to have no barriers. Like everything literally is off, you know, you can, you can try anything. You can try absolutely anything because you'll stumble across something that works for you. And at the moment, movement breaks are, you know, am I <clears throat> anywhere further behind the curriculum than what I would have been if I was in class? No. Um, have I got assignments coming up next week, which will be towards merit distinction level? I hope so, because then that will show me that everything that I've tried to deliver online works. Um, but if it doesn't, then again, I'll, I'll go again and I'll try something different. But the movement stuff in particular, and we always talk about working in half an hour, 45 minute blocks anyway, <clears throat> when I'm getting students to work outside the classroom, can I, I think can only benefit not only online learning, but also learning when we go back. Yeah, I, I think I think the key thing is, I say that there, there will be people here that go, well, I do this anyway, and and you know, and it's nothing new, and and there are, you know, I, I don't think we've ever wrapped this up and saying this is something revolutionary. Actually, I had a conversation with my wife earlier, and it was a case of I actually find it a little bit strange that it's not used by every educator in every environment, because the other thing that we're trying to do as educators. First of all, we're trying to make the environment as fun and as enjoyable as possible. Because if we can make the environment that we're in fun and enjoyable, we will get people wanting to be there. Okay, and there are you know multiple. There's many ways that we can do that, but making sure that we're all part of a good social connection, we all respect each other. There's good language used because you know don't forget we are dealing. It makes no difference if we're in education or not. We are dealing with the brain. The brain is the person. You know what you see of Steve Braidwood. You know, wearing glasses and this type of T-shirt and this haircut, that's a, that's a secondary. When you're speaking to Steve Bray, when I'm speaking to Dave, I'm speaking to Dave Hall's brain, I'm speaking to Steve Braver's brain, you're speaking to the brain. So we want an environment where the brain itself can thrive, you know, can strive. It doesn't want to feel scared. When the brain feels scared, it, it becomes, it feels that everything around it is a threat. And when there's a threat mechanism going up, stress levels go high and the brain that links information that it comes from the sensory outside world to what you perceive to be inside for the sensory interoception, that gets shut down. And you revert back to habit. So we want our environment to be an environment where you can strive and thrive. And that is just not with, you know, it's not just how I perceive my body language to be in association with someone else, but it's the language I use, it's the words I use, and it's the respect, the positive language, the reinforcement. The brain loves reinforcement. It loves to feel that it's striving. Dopamine becomes high when it strives. Dopamine is a catalyst for learning. 
you reduce the dopamine levels, you reduce the individual's chances of learning because the brain will shut down. And you can do that by making the individual feel bad about themselves, belittle them, embarrass them. So we want an environment which is socially inclusive. That's the first we do. We have fun, we have enjoyment. We make it an experience that is a positive one. So we want all these hormones flooding around the brain really be too receptive to information. So we set the environment. And then we set the information. And there are many ways we set the information, but we know that the, this, this heightened awareness of this huge influx of chemicals around the brain that opens the gateway between different parts for learning, it actually only has about a 10 minute shelf life. So the person's still searching the environment and then it starts to reduce. And that's when boredom comes in. That's when directly, like you're doing, boom, you get up, you move. Because then you heighten it again. And you start this process again. So actually movement breaks are very simple. You have about a 10-minute period before most people's retention and attention drifts because the hormone levels start to go down. They start to get a little bit threatened in the environment. And that environment comes quite, and then becomes bored, boredom. I mean, boredom kicks in, certain parts of the brain switch on that reduce the information coming in that makes you feel fatigued, okay? So you want that 10-minute mark to do something different, whether it's a different activity or you get up and move. Different activities don't necessarily change your physiological body, but actually, you know, getting up and moving does change your physiological body. And if you start that process all over again, so what you get, you actually might get out of a, you know, an hour lesson. You might, you, might, you might lose 10 minutes. But what you gain is probably at least a quarter of the amount of attention and retrieval of information. And when you retain and retrieve more information, the individual themselves who retains and retrieves that actually starts to change into their own, their own reality. They make it their own. And when you make the information your own, you understand it yourself. Facilitate we facilitate as teachers. That's when the individual learns something, goes, got that, great. But if you didn't do those breaks, those changes, change that physiological body from that sitting position, and online's massive because it's screen time, then you could go 35 minutes to have the best lesson, have the most fun that you think's having, and some students, most of them, would actually be down regulation the amount of learning they have carried out since that point of loss of retention. So you've just wasted 30 minutes of your class. And you've gone away and gone, I had a great class today. But you know what, Dave? It's not whether I had a great class. It's whether the student had a great class. It's not about how good I am as a teacher. It's about how much they can retain. So these are little tools that help us retain. And secondly, before we go, I'm going to revisit this. And especially with online, because we're talking about, you know, online, because that's the, that's the way that we're in. By getting up and moving, you are sharing the same experiences and enjoyment in that moment as other people that are doing it. You smile, which changes your, as soon as you laugh or smile, you change your physiological body. Your posture changes. The hormones secreted in your brain changes. You get greater serotonin dopamine levels, which is an antidepressant. You have those naturally when you smile and laugh. You giggle. You become part of other people's social experiences, which we are designed in human biology to be part of other people's social experiences. We gain all that. We, 
for that moment in time, for that lesson, we are not just saying, have you attained information? We're saying, have we improved your mental health? And by doing those breaks, we improve an individual's mental health. And the more we can do that in our lessons, being that they're going to be with us for, you know, maybe two, three hours a day, then for every 10 minutes you improve someone's mental health, it lasts for 40 or so minutes after. Every time that you depress someone's mental health, it lasts for two hours plus. So these small hits of you know, having this positive mental health because you've changed your posture, you change your thoughts, you change your physiological, biological body in association with getting up and moving, you retain the information, you're smiling, you become part of the social connection, other people experience, etc. You start to have the ability to maintain that over longer periods of time. Yes, it's shorter periods of time than if you feel sad about yourself, but you're chipping away at those sad moments. And when your brain has the option of experiencing something positive as well as experiencing something negative, how the brain wants is wants to survive and produce the most amount of energy for striving and thriving. It doesn't want to burn up energy for things that are negative. So it'll always go the pleasure route. The brain always finds the best way of the situation. And if you have the choice or the brain has the choice, there's an option to become more positive. And that's what we want for students. We're looking at their learning. We're looking at trying to, you know, get them to attain information, but we're trying, especially online, because it's everything that they have has now reduced to something which is minimal. We are improving an individual's mental health because they've been part of something socially and they're experiencing something socially just by standing up and moving. So a byproduct of learning, actually the real product is you're improving their cognitive state. And they want to come back again and again and again and again and again to do it. And we all know as soon as you get that spark of enthusiasm, that spark of motivation to do something, things change. You recommend speaking to friends on phones, getting Zoom calls with other friends on phone, get a gathering together. That starts to happen. Relationships start to change at home when it may have been a little bit fractious beforehand. It's the catalyst that occurs. So we are impacting someone's ability not only to learn, but we are giving back that emotional resonance and that emotional intelligence just by giving something the brain 100% needs, requires, and is, is searching for at those very small moments in a lesson where in the past we've just gone straight through those and come up the other side and gone, yeah, my lesson was really good. I've done this invented. I was this imaginative and the students just gone. It wasn't a great experience for me. I didn't really learn too much. And then we label those individuals in, in that environment who are disengaging uh, a little bit what, we, what, what, what the common term is, problematic. We label them as bad students, students who have, uh, you know, students who might have, uh, you know, issues of learning disabilities. They're just wrong ones and they're just wrong people and they should never be here. And I'm so glad when they leave because, you know, all this sort of stuff. And you know what? There's no such thing as a bad student. There's a such thing as a bad teacher, but there's no real thing as a bad student. They're just, you know, they're, they're showing you how they're experiencing your environment. And by adding these things that you've done, that's why you've got some good, you know, a lot of people are 
taking part. Some people are not going to worry about it, but you've got a lot of anecdotal evidence that suggests that people are liking this. They're feeling better. It's encouraging them through other things. They mentally feel bit better. They're physically feeling better. And all you've done is just got up at the right time, at the right time, and had that in the environment, which is an experience which they they are having, which is a positive one. That's all you're doing. You're doing it's nothing rocket science. None, none of us are doing anything rocket science. We're just saying this is the moment we disengage. Let's engage you. What do I need to engage you with? I need to engage you with some physiological changes. And I also need to have the environment where you are having fun doing it. And at the end of it, you start again, you start again, you start again, you get better attention, better retrieval information, and a better social connection where people want to come back. And again, that alone improves someone's mental health because you are now part of a social gathering. You're experiencing other people's experiences. You're all having fun. We copy other people. There's mirror neurons in our brain that copies other people to be part of them. If we're around sad people, we become sad. We're unhappy, people become happy. We are changing our physiological, like I said, our postures. We are increasing muscular strength and endurance and all these things. The brain gets more information because it gets more nutrients. It's more, it's not so fatigued. And most people that are finding mental health a problem have a low lack of oxygen levels and glucose levels going to the brain. And we give you back that because as soon as you sit, as soon as you stand in a seated position, 90% of the oxygen goes straight to the brain. And because the brain that gives movement or drives movement, it's the same part of the brain that drives learning and retention. It's not rocket science, but people are traditionalists and think they're going to lose time. But actually, you might lose 10 minutes, but you've gained 10 minutes of, you know, you might lose 10 minutes of the traditional lesson, but you've gained 10 minutes of a pure, fun environment. Hopefully you get that throughout your lesson, but you get this, you know, 10 minute of change where, Physiological, psychological, sociological, you know, changes occur, which then become stronger as you do it, as well as giving back the brain's ability to retain, I keep saying, to retrieve, and I keep saying, to memory formation of information. And that's, that's what we do as educators. So it's great that you are you know, putting that into your movement practice. And like I said before, you know, mental health is a big thing now for all of us, as it always has been as educators, but it's, you know, now seems to be, you know, it's heightened even more. And, you know, I believe, and I think some of the evidence that you show, that just improving a very simple movement break at the right time can improve someone's own self-esteem, self-efficacy, self-confidence, competence, autonomy, which all goes to improving someone's emotional intelligence and emotional resonance. What plans you got then, Dave? So you've started the movement breaks. You've got some anecdotal. You got any changes you're going to do? Because this is open to you. You know, this is not this is not like you've got to do it this way. Like you said before, you're having fun with it. But the, you know, the ethos is the same. Where you take it, it's entirely up to you. Okay? But it's a new school that you've got that you can reinvent and invent based on those very basic, you know, principles of timings and, you know, what you, what you adhere to when you're doing it. So what changes do you think you've got in mind? Uh, well, I think it will be important to change it because, obviously, um, when, when students get used to things, they can get switched off. Um, so I, I do look a lot at 
um, thunks. So I don't know if you ever heard what thunks are. So basically, they're just questions that really can't be answered. They can just be argued. So, you know, that's something I may I may look to in, incorporate after half term. Um, just looking at adapting how we move. So there's there's lots of fun stuff out there, um, but I think it's just for me, it's just having a look at what what's happened this last five weeks, and then um, and then looking just to to either slightly tweak it or to um, or to change it totally. Um, but in terms of, I'll probably gather some more data um, after next week. So obviously we did that quite early on in the in the learning. We did it after I think the first week. So we'll gather some more data um, probably next week. And then obviously we can see where we can go with that. Um, but yeah, looking forward to it. As I say, it breaks it up for everyone, including the member of staff. So, you know, if, if you feel sharp and energized, then you're gonna you're gonna deliver your your stuff even better. So, you know, all positive for me moving forward, but obviously, as I know, time is tight for us. So um, we will come back to it later on. We will. Thanks so much, Dave, for coming on. You know, I know, you know, we can at this sort of, you know experiment together but you're the one who's doing more of the uh, data analysis at the moment so i appreciate that uh but like i say you know i think you know even though we're gonna eventually this you know we're gonna have different ways of doing this but i think you know we both come to the conclusion that you know student first engage them in you know engage in the mental health engage their spiritual health engage their social health learning comes to the benefit because the brain is the brain and it does what it does and uh, if we feed it right you'll get good results if you don't feed it right don't be surprised if it turns on you Yep. Thanks, guys, for listening. Hope you enjoyed this. Uh, this will, you know, I'm sure it's going to be a part of something bigger than we go on. But thanks so much. And uh, I look forward to speaking to you again. Take it easy. Stay safe. Bye bye. Take care, guys.